And we're back with VVFA Radio at the VNA all weekend. Um, it's September 23rd and 24th. My name is Jasmine Blasco. I'm here with Joseph Popper. He- Hello. Yeah, am I pronouncing your last name correctly, by the way? Absolutely. Okay, good. Um, so we've, we've only met a couple times, uh, but I'm uh, familiar with some of your work, and I wanted to kind of... Um, trace a, p- a passage of how you know what got you interested in the the topics of space explorations um, and things like that and um, I'm familiar with uh, your work the one-way ticket which I've seen uh, photos of and that's how I, we kind of got in touch at the space uh, uh, art- artist run space I suppose that we were talking about earlier with Andrew yeah yeah um, so you're also a graduate of uh, the RCA uh, design interactions program which seems to collect a lot of my new London friends, <laughs> uh, which is great. So I wanted to know um, what your background was pr- before that, because the design interaction program is multidisciplinary. Not everybody who goes there starts off as a designer or ends up as a, as a straightforward designer, certainly. Sure. Um, and uh, Andrew and Citrock have you know different backgrounds, so I wanted to know what your what your story was there. Sure. So my story. Well, my bachelor's degree was in fine art. Ah, okay. So art practice or art making was what I was doing and most interested in before joining the Design Interactions program. Right. Um, but I came there with already an interest in technology and um, how that was driving changes in the world and it, I was really interested by the, the kind of work that was coming out of that course. Yeah. So it seemed like a really good environment to jump into and um, yeah, on the it other side of it, really glad I did. Yeah, 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 of course. And were you already uh, interested in photography and the moving image when you were in, uh, in sort of art school? Or? Yes, I was. Um, but in a, I suppose, a simpler way, maybe right. in terms of that kind of practice of filmmaking and making photographic imagery, I was already making performative type works where right. I would set the camera up in a kind of single shot and then undertake some sort of absurd performance in front of it. Right. That, um, that you would that you would be the the performer of or yeah oh wow yeah. okay oh, <laughs> quite curious to see that actually sure well yeah. um, I think some of the sensibilities of that work still carries on into my later projects and even more current work too yeah um, I was already interested in this I suppose this character of the dreamer trying right. to achieve or experience something outside of their ordinary surroundings and up until um, design interactions my work was really looking at flight as something as a subject to to work around so I was interested in these characters trying to lift off or achieve a, an extraordinary experience but right. flight was the subject right and then I came so actually my interest in space kind of came I suppose naturally through that right um, it felt like a good progression to think about what other extraordinary experiences are there to reach for and then of course space has such a, a wealth of extraordinary imagery and um, and that was the start of it, really. So yep. I started to create um, some... In, before in Design Interactions, I I was already working with this idea of a sort of aspiring astronaut right. who would dress up in um, a kind of white boiler suit. And uh, uh, my wife found an a astronaut helmet from a BBC um, warehouse prop fair. Oh, excellent, yeah. And so that's <laughs> a, that was a golden prop that I started to use uh, to make some very lo-fi space imagery. Right. And then... Um, but, and this is the piece that we were just talking about from 2011, though. Uh, yeah, well, right. I, the, so actually, it was um, that work, Into Orbit, which yeah. features this character or this um, this vision of an aspiring astronaut right. trying to create something extraordinary out of their mundane, everyday surroundings. That work came from a 
a body of photographs that preceded it. Okay, um, I see. Where right. I was using that same same image of an astronaut in a London playground, but this time I had an opportunity to make it into a film, and yeah. this image of the carousel as a centrifuge came to mind, right. and then we ran yeah. with it. And yeah, yeah, um, yeah. luckily, it's been really well received. And yeah, and so and also to set up for people that are that are um, don't think about space topics every day. That you mean the centrifuge in that it's the part of the astronaut training um, is to replicate that experience or that idea, right? Yeah, that's right. To be uh, to in order to um, uh, accustom yourself to the effects of zero zero gravity. Yeah, or if also for the effects of takeoff. So your oh, right, your rather, centrifuge yeah. becomes um, a device for simulating higher forces of gravity. Right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's a lot of really interesting archive footage of cosmonauts and astronauts in training right with their faces becoming contorted and yes yeah yeah, yeah. um subject to really extreme forces yeah um, yeah but, um but i'm not looking to try and replicate that in the film it's more of a, yeah. a playful atmosphere no of course but I, but i wanted to bring that up because that's a lot of what i see in your work and some of the work at the rca in terms of although something be, might be predicated on a, on a sort of a technological condition or uh, technological premise of some kind. Mm -hmm. It often is, you know, sort of quite clever in addressing the sort of more metaphoric and symbolic qualities of that, of that environment. So, in the case of you know the astronaut, there's all these ideas of ambition and elevation and and kind of literally the forces that have to be applied to your mind and body to do that. Yeah. And I find that that's where uh, you work with that play, that symbolic play, not being literal is quite effective to sort of you know to actually project back onto somebody who may not have had that exact desire or requires. Uh, that kind of experience, you know. It's not, in other words, it's not the replication of the experience directly, or the simulation of the experience. It's sort of the kind of the larger topic that that it addresses, which I find quite fascinating and quite filmic. I mean, sure enough, you know, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's so. It's also about taking that research or that focus on particular technological experiences, or um, in this case, experiences of space, and then interpreting that through in my case through narrative through filmmaking and communicating that to a wider audience right um, and that process of translation or communication I think is something which yeah is an important part of what I do and important part of the kind of work that I'm interested in and surrounded by through Royal College connections, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so l let's talk about another aspect of your work is that there's also, uh, for certain pieces, a fair amount of, uh, of set design and set building um, as well, which seems to be quite particular to what you do in terms of, um, in terms of uh, then the resulting images that come out of it, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, set building has emerged as a, yeah, another key part of my practice, which, yeah. again, I suppose that transition happened whilst I was studying at the RCA. Right. And, um, but is it something, yeah. you know, sort of, in, in other words, purely techno, uh, in, in the, that is to say, having access to new equipment at the school, or is it something that you've, uh, you were also a draftsman sort of in your practice in art school? Like, how does that connect, uh, really? I think it's, it's less about the facilities or the, sort of, the, I think it's more about um, the opportunity to see, a, sorry, the opportunity to see a, a change in, scale of ambition and the kind right. of quality of work that I was then around and my right. work has already had a, a handmade honest production about um, the materials I use and the, the, the outcomes there's always this honesty between what imagery I'm trying to create and the, and the means that I'm creating right. it and yep. I think in terms of and that has carried on from initially props to and, and found locations to set building so set building became a, a, a way to elevate my ambition in sure. terms of what I could make. Right, and, right. And the one-way ticket project was the first 
example of that where that was my, the first set I started I actually built right yeah, yeah and that was made as a film set initially yeah and then the interesting thing is that actually as an artifact of the process yeah it started to well people were really interested it interested in it as a standalone sculpture in itself right and so with the film it's actually had even even more more of an impact or more of a, a following or I've had more chances to, to build what I thought was going to be a one-off right to then reiterate it again and again and yeah. bring it back as a as a as an artifact or as a sculpture which represents that kind of making right and something that's been exhibited so, sort of several times over uh, on yeah. its own yeah 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 um, but so yeah I do want to ask about film of course of you know what uh what are you interested in um, film you know generally mm. uh, the moving image and you know films that feature space which you know some of them are of course extremely iconic some of them are terrible I mean there's all space is kind of great that way there's, <laughs> there's uh, some of them are very fantastic of course yeah. Star Wars you know yada yada of course of course so um, so yeah is there anything that's sort of that's particularly necessary to what you do because I saw something that you made more recently I think that was just exhibited in the. Um, uh, oh, I'm going to forget the name of the exhibit that we just saw each other at. Uh, oh, Impossible um, Probable Worlds. Yes. Uh, LCC. Yeah. 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 And and there there was a short film. I don't know how recent it is. I, I think it's it's a more recent piece. Yes, it is. It's quite recent. Yeah. Yeah. That's a film called Elsewhere, which um, explores themes of virtual reality. So not yeah. space travel at all. No, but it, but it had it. You know it it. Uh, well, there was it. I, it's just because I saw a stalker in in, in on the big screen oh, recently. Oh, sure, yeah. And so there was something about the the how that f how the the film sort of addresses. It's much more your film is much more clearly about the passage into virtual reality than sort of a dream state. It's very clear that way. But yeah. it, but it has this 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 sort of. M the, what it does to sort of metaphorically travel between two spaces reminded me a lot of, of Stalker, possibly because I've seen it recently. Yeah, yeah. And, and the fact that it was outdoors in this sort of, you know, unnamed nature yeah. is quite striking. Yeah. So, so I was just wondering, yeah, what, where, where are you drawing influences from or how, how movie references or the cinematic language is important to you, you know, more, more specifically? Mm. Um, well, there's lots of questions there. Yeah, sorry. That's oh, a, sorry. It's a habit, but, uh, you know, <laughs> pick one or none of them. Okay, sure, sure. Well, I'll start and see how we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, filmmaking is something which I feel like I'm still learning about. Right. But, and it's definitely something that I, I'm enjoying uh, working with. And also, it's something which is becoming important, not just in my own practice, but also in the kind of workshops and um, teaching that I also undertake at different design universities. And right. On the subject of design, film is a really important medium, or it's becoming a really important medium, particularly around a kind of critical, speculative type of practice. Yep. Um, the sort of term design fiction. Yep. It's a label that is given often to a lot of designers working with film who will use fiction, use visual narrative to communicate complex ideas. Yeah. Um, often in more engaging ways, and that's something which I, I think I connect to in in my interest in in film as well. Right. Um, and. I talked a little bit about my previous work before my master's, which was often making um, designs for the camera in very simple performances. But it was really right. through um, the RCA that I started to appreciate filmmaking as a language and all the different possibilities around it. And um, But then also bringing my own interest in handmade work within that. So right. that yeah. process really came together in the One Way Ticket project where I was really determined to make a film piece but to do it in such a handmade way and that's yep. where this ethos of zero gravity zero budget came from yeah, so yeah, yeah. there's something about <laughs> filmmaking as a language um, as, as a um, you know there's a vocabulary of, a possi of possible ways you can make images and to, to transform 
to transform things through the camera lens into something other. Right. Um, and that magic is still something that I'm interested by and I'm enjoying learning not just through making my own work but through trying to teach others how to make films in a very rapid low low budget way yeah um, yeah I, w- I want to link up to something you said because uh, we're talking about the RCA community sort of at large and, and mm. filmmaking um, I was I was made aware of the work at the RCA largely through uh, Noam Torin who of course has a very heavy interest in film yes um, and, and referencing film directly yeah. but, but I find that well, I can't really simplify his work into one thing, but it's, it's sort of, you know, very concept-driven, and it's, the, um, in other words, you know, his MacGuffin project, for yeah. example, mm-hmm. is much more, you know, the artifact that emerges out of a narrative rather than crafting, you know, the sort of this interest on crafting something which makes you closer to what Andrew and Satraka do. There's, a, there's an inter- interest in building an object or a set or a fragment of a world rather than kind of conceptually addressing a narrative. And it's, it's a minute difference, but I find that to be somewhat sort of a, the distinction uh, in your work um, and so so I want I mean on the one hand I wanted to bring that up and uh, and I also wanted to hear more perhaps about your teaching practice as well sure yeah well on the subject of Noam I mean it's interesting you bring him up because he was actually my personal tutor oh great and so okay. he was really behind a lot of my interest in film yeah 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 and um, I mean I'm a mega fan of his work yeah me too mega but yeah yeah Yeah. no it was um, it was great to study under him and um, not only his MacGuffin projects but I think the his other works such as Desire Management or Objects for Lonely Men which are also a really useful way to kind of try and give context to my work I think because they also feature often a lone protagonist um, looking to try and fulfill some sort of obscure desire yeah. which is either inspired by or in mediated by technology yeah 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 and yeah. um so yeah he, he his influence is yeah surely very important in my work i, I must confess yeah <laughs> no i mean I, I don't blame you i really he's one of the reasons i was uh, attending a media that it was also how i made sense of what was happening around me yeah because i i was a little I, I thought I was, uh, you know, leading, in, uh, you know, walking into a media arts program, and, and I didn't really have the right background in design to understand why you would use a design methodology in that context. Not having a, a proper grasp on what a design methodology might be in the first place. Mm. So he was very helpful, and for me, just seeing his work helped me understand what what the potential outlets could be. Yeah, I think his work is, he does keep it to a, in his film work, he keeps it to a very human scale, which oh, I yeah. think I really relate to as well in my work in terms of, it's culture or the, the, you know this uh, increasingly complicated relationship we have with technology and everything around it for instance but there's something about his work where he brings it back to a, a human scale of experience yeah and I think that's really important yeah um, and let me ask you about your so you're teaching at the Royal College is that correct are you yes I have yeah. been yeah, yeah yeah so tell me about that are you are you uh, in which department and what's it, well, how do you intervene with students well my my intervention changes from year to year, really, um, in the, you know, as the reality of uh, a freelance academic. So right. last year, yeah. it changes from year to year. So this year, I'll be more uh, involved with the design products studio um, from a more visiting tutor capacity. So okay. I've got some studio days booked in where they can, they can uh, have my feedback on their projects if they want. But last year um, was a bit of a peculiar one where I was, well, that's a peculiar, but it was also a very good opportunity and something I really enjoyed which was to um, be a, a key tutor for the last remaining design interactions cohort oh yeah, right of course we uh, which is another long story which yeah. we can leave for another time maybe yeah, but yeah. I mean I'm, yeah we have, I have so many friends that are involved in the that have been in the program or you know yeah so, of course yeah. of course so um, 
But no, so uh, I work as a tutor across um, the RCA, and I was also involved at Goldsmiths last year, and also at um, LCC, okay, uh, yeah. London College of Communication. And so, yeah, wherever there's a um, a chance to either, I mean, in terms of workshops, share some of the aspects which are important to my work, such as filmmaking or um, set building yep. or storytelling, those inform short courses that I develop with different um, different courses in different departments in different universities. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great. So uh, before I, I let you go, uh, Joseph, let, let's talk for a second about the Presmiani Festival that we were both in not involved I wasn't involved I, uh, my work was featured there and so was yours but you were speaking sure. on a panel there yeah, yeah. And, and correct me if I mispronounce the name of the festival or if there was oh, a it's okay I can't pronounce it either okay <laughs> but it was in, in Warsaw uh, yeah. Poland and yeah. it was uh, last week yes it was last week yeah, yeah. We, were bo- we were both there well our work was both there you weren't there no I was, was a shame. I, was, I was prepping for this in, in London yeah, of course of course um, but so and you, and you were speaking on a panel and um, yeah. so just yeah before I let you go just sort of your general impressions and um, and where you think uh, would be sort of where do you enjoy your work exhibited not to get too serious but sure. you know sort of um, you talk about uh, using filmmaking to connect to the sort of human level and emotional level mm. of, a, of a larger topic yeah. so are there settings that you find are more favorable to that for your work sort of through you know well, what you've noticed well I think I'm I'm primarily in interested in showing my work in um, in exhibitions and gallery settings but then of course where those galleries are can can change and in, the, in this case um, with Przemiany there we go <laughs> I tried <laughs> sorry sorry all Polish speaking people that uh, are listening so to us fe- yeah so the fe- but this festival was at the um, Warsaw it was in Warsaw at the Copernicus Science Centre that's right yeah and that was a really interesting chance to mix um, both artistic practices and artists and designers with scientists so our works were exhibited in a dedicated exhibition with a range of different types of work and engagements with space travel right. and that was also complemented by um, some films which were I suppose taking science subjects and bringing them into into fiction right science fiction films that's a better way of putting it yeah yeah, yeah. And, um, I, I mean I, yeah. I within the right definition of that of that sort of genre I'm quite happy to describe my film as such you know it's just yeah. depending on what you who you talk to the expectation shifts a little with what you mean of by course, that. Of course, yeah. And I, I actually quite like the term engineering fiction because it's even more problematic. Engineering fiction, well, yeah. Because some engineering fictions have sort of, in other words, you know, um, for example, Satrak is at a conference in Australia. Yeah. And, you know, what is the Hi, status? Uh, yeah. Hey, Satrak, I know you're listening and you're on the beach. Um, <laughs> um, uh, you know, I would, I would imagine that a lot of, uh, a lot of sort of, uh, you know, SpaceX before you can actually put money behind it is a kind of engineering fiction project. You yeah. Know? So, so I, I, li- I very much enjoy the status of these things that are not presented as fictions, but until, you know, they have sort of support and the kind of, um, you know, economic uh, feasibility of some kind, uh, they really are, you know, nice looking papers with diagrams on them, you know. Well, sure. I mean, actually going back to this festival, there were not only artists presenting but there were scientists from ESA oh, European Space cool. Agency speaking um, oh, and giving very engaging lectures about their, what they're uh, what they're working on and what they find important yeah. um, and the festival was also set up in the context of um, what is dubbed Space 4.0 oh that's right yeah yeah which yeah. Um, essentially translates to this new era which we're supposedly um, well already amongst perhaps uh, where you are uh, dealing with but not only um enterprises like ESA on a more civic side of space exploration yeah. um, 
working hopefully in collaboration or, or perhaps even in competition with the private sector. Right. And yeah. um, it was one scientist who I, I won't name, but he, um, he dubbed Elon Musk as a messianic, let me get this right, a messianic, messianic hobbyist. Yeah, but that's... <laughs> <laughs> which uh, you know it w- was not the, perhaps the m- you know, compliment, but um, no, it's but it's but it's interesting because it, it it gets at that kind of personality. T- or it seems to. It, it, I, f- I find that to be a quite interesting description, actually. Yeah. Well, I think it's an interesting point where the message from Isa is one where science and scientific exploration of space is fascinating, but the ultimate message that they they concluded with their talks was that we need to look after planet Earth. Yeah. Planet, they use the narrative of spaceship Earth yeah. and that there's no planet B. Yeah. Wh- where, whereas um, perhaps Elon Musk and um, the other, the other um, enterprises, they are already projecting into taking 100 people to space on the Falcon Heavy. And there's another enterprise which has named their spacecraft the Dream Chaser. Oh, yeah. And so there's a really interesting point, I think, where we're at, where... There are lots of different people investing in the future of space travel, but according to lots of different motivations. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, maybe I apologize if I've told you the story before, but did I tell you when I went and visited the SpaceX uh, offices? No. Essentially, they're hard to visit unless you know somebody who knows somebody who works there. Yeah. So I was lucky enough to make a friend that, you know, her cousin, let's say, or friend from back home worked there. And so I visited, and um, the outside of seeing giant rocket parts that are being cleaned and how just, again, cool that is, Yeah. no complaints, the most striking thing there was an image when you walk in of... Um, uh, so, you know, of course, everybody wants to know where Elon Musk's desk is. And, okay. and, uh, and you walk in and you say, oh, it's around that corner. It's a kind of open floor plan, as you might expect. But yeah. there is sort of a bigger cubicle. Um, and on the wall around it, there's a, there's a photo of a green planet and a photo of a red planet. And so you look and you think, yeah, right. We're on, you know, on Earth where they want to go to Mars. That's the SpaceX project, essentially. Yeah. But in fact, first of all, it's the red planet first. And then the green planet is Mars terraformed. <laughs> Oh wow! <laughs> Which I thought, you know, in case you had it, you, uh, it's, you know, it wasn't ambitious enough to just get us to Mars. You also have to turn it into this like a uh, jungle dreamland, you know. Of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> well, that's the thing. I think it's the it's the language of perhaps uh, Silicon Valley and this kind yeah. of can do. We can do it. Yeah. We can, you know, let's keep raising the bar. But yeah, then yeah. there's a point where, at what point, well. We still haven't got to Mars. The reality of going to Mars is yeah, still something which is glossed over massively. Yeah. And um, how much are these dreams being used to to neglect the fact that, you know, we're in a c- condition of confinement here on planet Earth and that, yeah. you know, that how much of it becomes a kind of insurance policy that, oh, yeah, we can always go. No, if absolutely. We can terraform. It is possible. Therefore, we'll keep dreaming, which is important. But, of course there has to be some sort of context and I think what the, was uh, grating with the ESA scientists is that that kind of sense of context and sense yeah. of place that the pale blue dotness of it yeah. is being lost yeah. in the pursuit of the dream chaser and the, <laughs> the lucky 100 who get to go yeah absolutely so it's I, I find all these different um, complexities and um, conflicts of narratives really interesting um, and 
let's see what yeah let's see what happens yeah absolutely well thanks so much for uh, for talking to me joseph hey, and my um, pleasure thank you for inviting me along yeah of course and I, i hope to see you again soon and i hope that i get um some time to step away from the microphone and go see the rest of the show yep um for those of us for those of you listening i'm listening to myself of course with my headphones but for those of you listening uh this is vvfa radio i'm jasmine blasco we are at the vna museum uh, all weekend with andrew friend and emotional support provided by Citraka, who's in Australia. <laughs> <laughs>